All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, March 1st. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And can you hear the jubilance in my voice? I mean, I could hear it for sure. Uh, I don't know if the listeners could hear it, but I would hope so. I would hope they're uh, finely attuned to us enough to hear how happy you are. Why well, I feel as a broadcaster, if I'm not getting across my jubilation, then that is on me, not on the listener. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to never blame us for anything. So I think it's up to them to have listened long enough to know that you are happy. I get well, it if someone just started listening to us a few episodes ago. But if you're a wannabe old boy, wannabe old girl, wannabe old person, person who've been listening since the beginning... You should know when we're happy without us really even doing a good job of projecting happiness. Well, for the people who don't do any sort of reading about the box office, they wait for us. Mm -hmm. They might not know why we're happy. But the reason we are happy is because box office is back, baby. Yeah, it is back in a bigger way than we were expecting. Uh, especially if you listened to us last week, we were not expecting this. I mean, let's just stop bearing the lead. Tom and Jerry opened up to Baffa Bobo, huge opening, second biggest opening of the pandemic era. And it opened 14.1 million, 14.1 million. And that is for 14.1 million for a regular weekend, not a holiday. It's not Christmas week. It's not something special. That is, to me, that is the most impressive box office number we have gotten in a year. Absolutely. Yeah. It is second biggest next to Wonder Woman 1984, which opened in the Christmas Corridor, Mm -hmm. and that made Mm 16.4. This is a Warner Brothers movie, and it was released similarly to Wonder Woman 1984 in that... It is day and date theaters and HBO Max. Yeah, it is. It's stunning. I mean, it's stunning on a few levels. Let's I mean, let's let's talk about what we said last week right off the bat. Mia culpa, because I firmly stated last week that Tom and Jerry would bomb, that it is a worthless IP. It is something that the kids of today would have no interest in. And it is clear, for whatever reason, this generation has become a Tom and Jerry generation. Mm-hmm. They're not Zoomers. They're not Gen Z, Zillennials. They are the Tom and Jerry generation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think we've struggled for a long time to correctly label this generation you know the way we were gen x awesome name super cool and this generation has struggled with an identity and it is clear that the youngsters of today are the tom and jerry generation that label should stick it should stick in the history books because this weekend what these youngsters did was historic they came out for tom and jerry in a way that nobody was expecting well, especially you. And now I don't want to put you on the spot, but you you thought that this movie wouldn't even make 
a million dollars. I thought it would make under 1.5. That was our over under. I had it under 1.5. Listen, I was talking Playmobil situation. You are. And we don't take a Playmobil situation lightly. We don't just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly thought that Tom and Jerry would have as little name recognition as Playmobil <laughs> did when the Playmobil movie came out to, in normal times, about $700,000. And uh, I wasn't much better. I will say, mm-hmm. honestly. Get on the I, spot with me. I'm not exactly on the spot with you because I said above because we had two bets. Will it make more than the crudes, mm-hmm. which we were assuming would make 1.5 at the most? Mm-hmm. And will it make more than the Merrimax released Tom and Jerry movie from 1993? And you said below both of those. Yeah. Now, the Tom and Jerry movie from from 1993 only made 3 million plus in the theaters. So this has trounced it. Yes. This has tripled, uh, quadrupled? Five that? times old. Almost five times old. But five definitely quadrupled. It. Definitely quadrupled. And so we were kind of off the mark here with that. Yeah. I also do want really quick, just a real, real quick, uh, Mia Culpa. Also, I did mention that Priest, I mentioned the movie Priest for Merrimax, and that came out in 1994. And I said that people would go see this Tom and Jerry movie from 1993 because they were excited about Priest. The timing was off, so I'm sorry about that as well. Right, right. If anything, it's the other way around where the Priest trailer may have played in front of Tom and Jerry yes. in 1993. So, yeah. Our apologies for being historically inaccurate there. Right, right. But the big story here is we should have seen this coming, and I especially am going to put myself... Now I'm putting myself up there. Great. Because what do I say about kids... And movies. I mean, the, you're, if there was a Clayton t-shirt, there'd be several slogans to choose from, but one of them would definitely be the rats need their cheese. And so why then, when mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. a movie released to kids that is literally a mouse, yes. a.k.a. Mm-hmm. a rat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wanting and needing cheese. Mm-hmm. How did I not think that would be the perfect movie to fit into my life philosophy? Right. That's on me. Yeah. I mean, that is the rats having a film that is not just cheese, but is also a mirror to themselves. These yeah, children's... it's a meta movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we... Screw the pooch on this one. I think we talked about that Miramax, Tom and Jerry, that bombed in 93. One thing that we maybe didn't think of is this generation, this Tom and Jerry generation, desperately wanting to reclaim Tom and Jerry from, basically from Miramax and from all of the, you know, problems that are entangled with Tom and Jerry up until this weekend, being known as a Miramax theatrical property. And this generation decided that is over. Tom and Jerry will not be part of the Miramax Weinstein Company story. They will be part of a new story of being a blockbuster that 
I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into it. Tom and Jerry may have kicked off what is gonna start to be the return of real box office. That's I think the, the biggest story here. Now mm-hmm. I know we got to do this, and we're gonna zip through this, and we will zip through this. I mean, this because- is a Tom and Jerry show. We're we are living in the Tom and Jerry generation, and today's episode is the Tom and Jerry. What happened? Why it happened? And what? does it pertain to in the future? But let's, I guess let's zip through the rest of his top five and get back purely to Tom and Jerry. So number one, of course, Tom and Jerry, 14.1. Now here's an interesting thing. 2,475 theaters. That's a, that's a very big theater count compared to the high 1900s that we're looking at for a lot of these other films. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Per theater average. Now I want you to hold on to your hat. 5,000. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for you to tell me that you were holding on. So always just when I say hold on your hat, let me know when you have done it. Holding it. Because I can't see you. I can't see you. Yeah, we don't Zoom. We just, we do uh, phone style podcasting. It's echolocation. We're like bats. Mm-hmm. $5,701 per screen. Wow. Wow. Just to give you an idea. Wow. Crudes, A New Age, the number two movie, has a per theater average of $656. Wow. I mean, those are... something is going on here, Pat. Right. I mean, those are, uh, uh, you know, different operating systems. You know, those are incompatible languages. When you are looking at one movie making $5,700 per theater, and then the next movie making $650 per theater. You know, that just it's, doesn't compute. Tom and Jerry is an outlier. It is a blockbuster. It is generation defining. Well, we thought the Croods were going to be this generation's animated stars, but it looks like that ain't the case. Yeah. I, although I will, you know, this is a Tom and Jerry episode. We cannot... um look down at the crews because the crews walk so that T and J could run. Very true. Very true. So number two, the crews in new age, 1.2 million down 27% only lost one theater mm-hmm. is at $52 million in its 14th week. So if this wasn't the Tom and Jerry show, this movie would still be number one. If Tom and Jerry hadn't come out, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about the Croods, like you said, we respect the Croods. Of course. This isn't their show anymore. Well, they, they are both in in their movie characters and in where they stand in the evolution of box office. They are a crucial step to the evolution of where we are now. You yeah, know, they these got cavemen, kids back into mm-hmm. theaters. Yep. So these cavemen, we would not be here without them. But we have evolved since them. And Tom and Jerry is the natural evolution of the Croods. So number three, the little things, $930,000 down 23%. Hemorrhaging theaters down 208 theaters. I mean, listen, they're getting, they're, they, they're priming this pump for more Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. $12.9 million in five weeks. Then we got number four, Wonder Woman 1984. 
$705,000, down 12%, losing 110 theaters, has made $43.5 million. And then we got number five, The Marksman, $701,000, down 10%, losing theaters, down 229 theaters. It is at $12.3 million. So that's your top five. And the one thing that I'm seeing that is interesting in this top five, aside from Tom and Jerry, is the Marksman is at 12.3 million in its total. The Little Things is at 12.9. And Little Things is starting to drop at a faster rate than the Marksman is. So we actually need to keep our eye on that race over the next few weeks because could the marksman actually start making more than the little things and actually close that gap and overtake it in the in the long run? I, I, I still would bet little things, but it's clear that there's something about these Warner Brothers HBO movies where... They have some pretty stiff declines as you get a f- couple of weeks in. Well, because more people figure out that it's available right. on HBO Max. Right. Right. So there there is that chance. And you know, we're where we keep our eye on all the big stories. So we've got to report on this one from the ground. There is a chance that the marksman ends up making more than the little things long term. So we will report on that every week. Now, let's get back to our top story. Yeah. Tom and Jerry. Mm -hmm. There's so much here to unpack. Yeah. There's so much here to talk about. Yeah. Because what does this mean for box office in general? Mm Mm-hmm. What does this mean for the Warner Brothers HBO Max day date I guess, I mean, like situation or, I mean, what what does this mean? Because well, let's people though, could have watched this at home. Mm-hmm. Let's, before we get into the future, let's still stick with, do we have any other thoughts about how this happened? Because again, this number blew our minds. It, you know... No one, I didn't see any reporting out there or any prognosticating that thought this was a possibility. You know, there's there's no box office analysts. And if there are, send them our way, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. I didn't see anyone predict $14 million opening weekend for Tom and Jerry. How did this happen? I mean, I have some other theories. I actually have a, a what I think is a very smart theory that was sent to me by our Hollywood insider, Deep Popcorn, uh, you know, who we can't divulge who he is, but is embedded in the fabric of Hollywood, big Hollywood job. So can I tell you what his thought on this was after the fact? Yes, absolutely. He He didn't predict this, but immediately had some reasoning, which is, do we think that this was, whether it's their dying wish or a old age wish of a lot of grandparents and elderly people 
of their grandkids to be taken to the Tom and Jerry movie. As, even, the, as the last thing that the grandparents do with the grandchildren? Either last thing or, you know, grandparents have been, we've all been through a lot this year, but grandparents have been through a lot. And we did keep talking about how Tom and Jerry is a worthless IP to our generation. But we just might happen to be the ones who fall in between the generations that it matters to. This matters to very old people who grew up on Tom and Jerry. And it matters to the youngest of people who want to reclaim Tom and Jerry from Miramax. So the people who grew up on Tom and Jerry, they, I think, came out in big numbers and had their younger counterparts take them to this movie. Okay. I mean, that's, that's definitely a possibility. Because I, I think Tom and Jerry is just an IP that skipped a generation, but it didn't go away. And that's what we didn't account for, is that there are very, very old people to whom Tom and Jerry meant everything. Well, then it would skip two generations because it skips Gen X and it skips millennials. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it goes to the Tom and Jerry generation. Right, right. So it skipped a few ge- Whatever it was, this generation was busy in 1993. But they have freed up their schedules in these final days here in 2020. Yeah, because I feel like that they still would have been in not the prime of their lives, but at least the the beginning of middle age. Yeah, you know, you have people who are eighty or ninety now; they were fifty or sixty in the early nineties. So that that's a period where maybe they just weren't going to the movies, or they didn't have someone really young enough to go with. Mm-hmm. And I think that generation has now come of the perfect age to either go with their kids or, you know, go with their grandkids or guilt them into going. You know, this this was an event movie for people, you know, in their 80s and plus, 80s and up. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a possibility. I I just, we, we could, I guess there is a demographic breakdown you're you're the very much in the rats needed their cheese case, and that that's the the case is closed. The rats came out in droves. The stew, you know, the sewer grates were, were flipped over, and rats were just pouring out, flooding into these theaters looking for cheese. I mean that that yeah. is yeah that that makes the most sense that it was the kids driving this, but I don't think we could discount the the you know deathbed nearing elderly as having some effect on this weekend. Yeah, because I'm trying to see if there's any demographic information that I can get, but I'm not really seeing anything, and maybe I'm looking past it because we're in mid-broadcast. But it, it, it definitely would show why this movie did so much better than the other ones because why this weekend? Why Mm -hmm. this movie? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, 
And it's interesting, too, because, you know, we're going to talk about the future uh, of what this means over the next few weeks. This past weekend was not the weekend in which a big swath of new theaters opened. You know, it's like it's not like New York City opened this past weekend. And that's a big reason why the box office sprung up. You know, this was a as the same box office uh, 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 landscape that we've had for the last few months. It was purely the interest in Tom and Jerry. But it also looked like when you look at that chart, the top five, and even down lower mm-hmm. into the top 10 with Judas and the Black Messiah, also a Warner Brothers movie, hemorrhaging theaters down 556 theaters. All of these Warner Brothers films mm-hmm. gave up their theaters for Tom and Jerry. So Tom and Jerry was able to get a larger theater count than some of these other movies. But still, there has been movies that have opened to that amount of theaters. Yes. And not done this business. No, it is it is not a matter of just having the screens. It is the people came out for it. I mean, you know, this is also partly into the looking into the future uh, uh, part of the story, but vaccinations are happening. Every day, there are more people who are vaccinated than there were the day before. And as far as we're concerned, what that means is every box office weekend, there are more people vaccinated than there were the weekend before. And those are more people who are possibly going to go to the movies. And that that could actually that could actually feed into Deep Popcorn's theory, because mm-hmm. who are some of the first people getting vaccinated? Exactly. The over 70s. Yes. Yes. And who grew up with Tom and Jerry? The over 70s. I, I mean, Deep Popcorn never lets us down. And I think he nailed it this time. Yeah, because you have got these elderly people who have just gotten their first or second shot coming into this weekend. And they have not seen a movie in a year, maybe not left the house in a year, you know, because the elderly had to be more cautious and protected than anybody. And this was their... This was their version of spring break. You know, if you are 70, 80, 90, 100 plus years old and you haven't left your room in a year and you just got that second vaccination, this is like going to, you know, spring break in Florida when you're back in college. Going to Tom and Jerry is letting loose in a way that you haven't in a year. You know, this is Mardi Gras for the old people. Going to Tom and Jerry is throwing beads and flashing boobs. Not to be, not to be, uh, uh, crass. Crass. It's a bit crass. Not to be crass, but that is what Tom and Jerry meant for these newly vaccinated elderly. It is them I mean, letting it's, loose. It's definitely a possibility. I'm open to all possibilities because this is so unprecedented. Now, yeah. I'm looking at, I think this it's a mix. Tomatoes. It's a mix of the kids. Go in there because they're reclaiming Tom and Jerry from the Weinsteins. And it is the elderly, newly vaccinated, taking their shirts off and partying like they haven't in over a year. I think those are the two groups that walked into those theaters and collided with one another. So 
it's odd to me this theater this uh per theater average though because how do you get these per theater averages that high with 25% capacities I mean, I think the 25% capacity is not a hard and fast rule across all these theaters that are opened. You know, New York City is opening their theaters this upcoming weekend, and they are starting at 25% capacity. But I am I would think that there are theaters all over the country now that have significantly higher capacities than that. You know, I mean, I, I would guess that there are places in Florida that are letting you sell tickets in the aisle on top of however many seats there are. So looking at the states with the most open theaters, mm-hmm. Mississippi has 80% of theirs open, Utah has 80 Arizona has 78%, Texas 72%, Georgia 70%, and Oklahoma 70%. Now that's Amount of theaters open. Okay. So the assumption with that is that those theaters have been open, or a large number of those theaters have been open for a very long time. And per what you're saying, they probably are smashed in there like the old folks when they were in college throwing themselves into a phone booth. Right. Or into a small car. Right. 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 So we're we're talking a crammed in situation here. Right. So that's how they're getting those per theater averages. Right. And again, it could be a case where so much of the audience are newly vaccinated octogenarians and they could sit next to each other. You know, they're coming in and the, and and the people running these theaters are saying, "No, no, it's 25% capacity, 50% capacity." And these elders are saying, "We're vaccinated." We can't get it. Leave us alone. There's 40 of us that all got bust in to see Tom and Jerry, the movie, and we're all sitting together. Get the hell out of our way. You know, and they all got canes. They all got wheelchairs. They all got uh, 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 tubes that could be used as weapons. These theater owners and managers are not going to stand in their way. They're going to let this you know, this this uh, pile of old people go see Tom and Jerry and sit next to each other. That's just how it went this weekend. And you just hope they're all vaccinated and they're all telling the truth, which I assume they are. Yeah, I th- it, it's looking like they really pushed this movie, Warner Brothers. They pushed this movie in the areas where most of the theaters are open. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the ad spend was in Mississippi, Utah, Arizona, Texas, Georgia, and Oklahoma. So we did not see those ads. That's why this might have just surprised us too, right. because we weren't seeing the ads put under people's windshields. We 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 weren't seeing the small town diner in Oklahoma that was having the Tom and Jerry flapjack meal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. weren't seeing these things. Right. The 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 pop-up, you know, uh, uh, running of the mice and in some, you know, small small town in uh, Mississippi. Yeah, smash a mal- mouse. If the mouse has a ticket inside it, you you get a free pass to the theater. We don't... We don't right. know what kind of freaky carnival-esque games were going on in some of these towns. Right, right, right. They didn't do that in New York, but 
this weekend, Friday, March 5th, New York City, for the first time in a year, New York City is going to have movie theaters open. Will now, we start it, to see Tom and Jerry promotions local to New York? Will we see a Smash a Rat promotion? You know, will we see New York City style bodega cats uh, uh, who are colored, spray painted to look like Tom? That would be big. That would be a way of really getting New York City into the whole Tom and Jerry thing. Yeah, so that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if this movie gets a bump and it would think because there's a lot of neighborhoods in New York City mm-hmm. with a lot of kids in very small apartments that have not been able to go see a movie. Right. And you think about some of these kids who they don't go past a few blocks. Right. They might go around a 15 block radius and if their theater's not open they ain't seeing a movie. So when these open, they may rush to it. Mm-hmm. And so you might see a huge bump. And this, looking at the Rotten Tomatoes, 26% critics, 86% audience score. Mm-hmm. That's a huge disparity. So there's something, obviously critics, we're not going to get into that, how this is kind of a critic-proof movie in a way. Especially at this time when, you know, parents just want to take their kids somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you really can't. Is there ever going to be a critically acclaimed Tom and Jerry movie? I, I don't know. I'd like to see it, but it's it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, so, it would be it would be a Tom and Jerry movie that is not about the uh, the character, the cat and mouse characters, Tom and Jerry. It would just be a movie about two like down-on-their-luck gamblers who happen to be named Tom and Jerry. And I could mm-hmm. see that doing well. You know, if it's like a Paul Giamatti and William H. Macy as two uh, uh, coke-snorting gambling addicts named Tom and Jerry, and they're legally allowed to call that movie Tom and Jerry, yes, I could see that movie doing well with critics. But no, not the cat and mouse Tom and Jerry. That is never going to do well with critics. But an 86% audience score is very high. Oh, it's tremendous. There are things that people liked in this film. Mm -hmm. That is one of the reasons why this film did well. People Mm -hmm. liked it. Mm -hmm. It's maybe as simple as that. And I know we want to get into other reasoning. Mm -hmm. And there are always many factors in the success of a film. But one of the main factors is, did people like it or not? And it looks like people liked it. So I will say, I watched this movie this weekend. You had to, it's a, it's a cultural, it's, it's a cultural moment. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I wanted to understand the youth culture. Tom and Jerry is obviously not just part of the youth culture, but it defines this youth culture. It is the Tom and Jerry generation. I watched this film. We're not critics. I will say it wasn't for me. I didn't really get into the antics of Tom and Jerry in this film. Um, I watched it with a young child. I am uh, with family. um, And I... Watch this with 
my three-year-old niece, and we could play a clip of it. I got her review while we were watching the movie. So here that is. Here's my niece's review of Tom and Jerry. There's probably a, a screen with the Celia, tell me, do you like this movie so far? No. You don't? No. What do you, why isn't, why don't you like it? All right, so I think the main thing takeaway there is she did not like the film either. Wow, so she's part of that 14% of the audience that didn't. Yes, yes. And in fact, she did ask if she could log into Rotten Tomatoes afterwards to make her voice heard. So she is legitimately part of that 14%. I will say she's an outlier. As a three-year-old, she's a person who is, uh, uh, some of her favorite films are Beetlejuice, Gremlins, Adam's Family Values. She likes that one more than the first one. So I think she has just got a higher comedic uh, uh, taste than the rest of the Tom and Jerry generation. So I, I will say she is an outlier. It makes sense for her to be part of the 14%, not the 86%. Yeah, so and she likes her comedy a little bit more grotesque. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, more gothic. She has a taste for the grotesque. Yeah, yeah. More Tim Burton and less... Uh, Tim whoever, Story. And less Tim Story, yes. In the Battle of the Tims, she's in that Tim Burton camp, not the Tim Story camp. So yeah, but people did like this movie. My niece did not, but most people liked it. Um, now, I have, well, I have that, a question for you. Before yes, you have a question sir. for me, I have a question for you. The human star of this movie is Chloe Grace Moretz. This movie is a blockbuster, generation-defining. Does this matter at all for her stardom, or is this purely big for Tom and Jerry themselves? You know, I got to think that this is going to help her a little bit because she has not been in any real successful movies ever. Mm -hmm. This is her most successful movie. Now, again, she's not the reason it's successful, but this will definitely get her parts. Yeah. It's what she does with them that are going to really show whether or not she can succeed in the long run. But are kids going to be pointing at her and be saying, oh, more her? I don't think so. They're going to be more rat, more cat. Right. If anything, I think, and I agree, that this this will get her another five years of movies. And also because part of that will be in the next five years, she'll probably make two or three more Tom and Jerry sequels. Yes. Um, I think this is a big win for Michael Pena. He's in a supporting role and I could see him being one of those people where the kids are saying, obviously we want more Tom and Jerry, but we also want to see more of this Michael Pena. We'd like to see what he could do. So I think that's a win for him. I think he has, you know, just a showier part. Um, We talked about him last week, Colin Jost. I don't think this helps him. He's very bad in this movie. Again, Mm -hmm. not to be a critic, but um, 
he looked visibly out of place in shots even where he is just standing in the frame. Yeah, it's a deeply uncomfortable performance. Yeah, 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 it is. But he has strengths, he has other strengths. The guy might not be an actor, that's fine. Oh, of course. He's successful, married to a big star. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, But yeah, I, I don't think this leads to more movies for him. If anything, I think the high visibility of this movie decreases the amount of parts that would come his way because it is just more people who are seeing how awkward he looked on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. But I think the main th- the main movie star bump that this gets is Tom and Jerry are officially movie stars. Yeah, we're going to be seeing a sequel in the next two years, I would think. Two, yeah. Two to three years, right? Yep. And... This Tom and Jerry sequel that is inevitable is going to be a big screen release. It's not going to be a, a, a streamo property. I don't think this Tom and Jerry movie means that, oh, there's going to be a new Tom and Jerry show or Tom and Jerry digital content. It means that there will be Tom and Jerry movies. Well, let's just say this right now. Mm-hmm. There is a much better chance that there will be a second Tom and Jerry movie mm-hmm. than there will be a third Wonder Woman movie. Yes. And yes. I never thought that is something that would come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's such a great point. That is such that a great point. That is how Topsy Turvy, this film, has made culture. Right. If we had a bet, if someone, you know, gun to your head, life on the line, in the next five years, will there be another Gal Gadot starring Wonder Woman movie or another Chloe Grace Moretz starring Tom and Jerry movie? It's true. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. You go with there will be another Chloe Grace Moretz starring Tom and Jerry movie. Yeah. No but, brainer. And I don't mean no brain in the sense that we guessed wrong and the the gun to our head blew our brains out. No brainer in the sense that the obvious answer is Tom and Jerry. Now, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. This was the question I wanted to ask you, but you, you asked a very good question, so I applaud you. What does this mean for this day and date HBO Max experiment? Because a lot of theaters... Have are having this kind of double-edged sword reaction to this. Mm-hmm. Because on the one side of the sword, this movie brought in people mm-hmm. and just really injected cash into theaters, but also, I think more importantly, optimism. Yes. Optimism. We are optimistic. Mm-hmm. And that's not something we could say we've been in a very long time. Even when Tenet came out, that no. optimism was laced with deep cynicism. I mean, Tenet, I think, had the, of course, we've given that 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 turd enough ink. 
Tenant, that opening weekend was uh, a, a deflating experience. It made us realize just how far we were from ever having real box office. But yes, Tom and Jerry this weekend is purely optimistic for these theaters. But then, not purely though, because on the mm-hmm. other side of this sword, which is also sharp, mm-hmm. is the idea that if a movie can make this much money in theaters and also be playing at home, why would any film be exclusive to theaters? Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. if you still can get Buffa Bobo and then Warner Brothers can have this available at home, the exclusivity that theaters had for the longest time could go away. Yeah. I mean, I think... You know, the easy answer to that is this movie would have made more if it was only in theaters because there are people who maybe would have went to see it opening weekend except it was on HBO, so they didn't buy tickets, they watched it on HBO. So that's the answer there is that the the streaming option will decrease how much these studios could make at the box office. I will mention someone that uh, has been on the show that we hold in high esteem, Jeff over at Exhibitor Relations Co. He has been a huge fan of the Warner Media strategy to put movies in theaters and on HBO during this pandemic. His whole thing yes. has been give people a choice. Mm-hmm. They could pick to watch it at home. If they really want to stay safe, they could go see it in theaters if, you know, they're being risky or maybe they've had it already or whatever their case is. They're vaccinated. They walk around in a bubble. Who knows? But when His, he com- when it comes to box office, he is pro-choice. Yes. Very pro-choice when it comes to box office, Jeff. So I think that is a strategy that is fine for now. Makes total sense for now because we're in the middle of a pandemic Going to a theater is still risky. But again, as these weeks roll on and more and more people are finally vaccinated and more and more people could safely go to a movie indoors, then you're going to hit that breaking point of then should we still be doing the dual options? And I think for Warner Brothers... To me, the big decision point is going to be when it comes to two movies that I'm really thinking of, and that is Suicide Squad and The Matrix 4. Mm -hmm. I think the next movie that Warner Brothers has, and, and Dune, of course, which is scheduled for the end of the year, those are the three. I think you look at their next movie that they're doing the release and uh, HBO Max day and date, is Godzilla versus Kong. And you know what? That's the end of March. That movie seems like it's a big, you know, bomberu. Sure, stick to putting it out on HBO the same day. But I think when we're starting to get end of the summer, because, you know, Suicide Squad, Matrix, those are, I think, scheduled to release like August on. Dune is scheduled to release in the fall. 
then I do think they are going to renege on their strategy. I still don't think those three movies will actually end up being available on HBO Max the same day that they come out in theaters. Because I think by then, the movie theater business will be back to a close enough sense of normal. There will be enough vaccinated people that you could really, again, do giant opening weekends. You know, where movies could, you know, it might even be by F9 at the end of May. But I think, you know, any starting then from the rest of the summer, you again could start to see movies that are able to open 60, 70, 80 million dollar opening weekends. And that's where I think Warner Media is not going to want to put those big movies on HBO the same day. I think then they will take the choice away. Yeah. That's my prediction, yeah. is I don't think Suicide Squad, Matrix, and Dune will be on HBO the same day they're in theaters. But you know why they had to say all of 2021 is to get those splashy titles. Right. Because if they were saying, guess what? Day and date, you're going to get to watch The Little Things right. and Judas and the Black Messiah and Godzilla versus Kong. People would think, eh, who cares? Exactly. But you put Suicide Squad, Matrix 4 in that conversation. And Wonder Woman 1984, but we saw how that worked out. Those were the ones that they needed to put in there for people to get psyched. Right. Right. So, yeah, I Little don't, did we know they'd be the most psyched about Tom and Jerry, or at least out of the original batch. I never would have guessed that. Right. So, yeah, I think, you know, this is a weekend to just look at everything in a positive light. And I think this weekend showed... There will be a day, and hopefully soon, where there are enough people who are vaccinated and going back to the theaters where we're going to consistently have big opening weekends again. Well, this was reminiscent of, in a smaller version, Mm -hmm. of that great weekend Mm -hmm. when Bad Boys for Life came out Yep, that me and you were texting back and forth. As the box office numbers rose. Yep. As that opening weekend got bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when this weekend feeling, started, the per- Saturday morning projections for Tom and Jerry were that it would open up at around like 11 million, which blew our minds then. You know, when we f- saw that first Saturday headline that it looked like Tom and Jerry's opening at around 11, we were flabbergasted in a good way and then and then it was 12.5 and mm-hmm. then it was 13 something and then it and then it, even monday today was the 14 announcement yep and another reason to be excited is because look at the day we're doing this on mm-hmm. most of the time during the pandemic we could wait until wednesday to record because all of the news would be, oh, this movie moved, this is happening, this is happening. All bad signs. Right. A good sign is that we said, we've got to jump on this and talk about this Baffa Bobo. Yep. Because this is big news. Not that box office isn't always news. But this is the kind of news that we needed to jump on. Right, right. 
I mean, this this episode is what we the reason we did this show in the first place to talk mm-hmm. about the weekend box office. And of course, during the pandemic, we pivoted in a really brilliant way to talking about oftentimes the stories around the box office, things that were happening throughout the week in the box office business. But at its core, this is a show about the weekend box office. And thanks to Tom and Jerry, we have just spent an entire episode talking about nothing but weekend box office. And And I think that that is is a sign that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And that light has a silhouette in it, Mm -hmm. two silhouettes. Mm -hmm. And those silhouettes are Tom and Jerry. Yep. Thank you, Tom. And thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. So, So, well, we, we do have to talk about next weekend because I was just going to say that there is two big movies opening that and New York opening New York City opening 25% capacity but still mm-hmm. th- that's a lot of people Raya the Last Dragon the Disney film which is also going to be available for $30 premium on Disney Plus mm-hmm same way Milan was. And that movie's opening, and that's a kid's movie. And we all know that kids are going to the theaters. Rats so need their cheese. The rats need their cheese, and they got some cheese last weekend, and are they going for bigger prey? Well, I mean, as anyone who's eaten cheese before knows... Cheese often has the effect of wanting of making you want more cheese. So those kids who got some cheese this past weekend with Tom and Jerry, they're not going to say, I'm full. I don't want to get a bellyache. I'm done with cheese. They're kids. They're going to say, cheese tasted great. I want even more cheese. And those parents who got a couple of hours of peace dropping their kids off at the theater, this is cheese for them. They're going to want, I could do that again this weekend. I could get, you know, two hours and I could just walk aimlessly around the area where the theater is. That's enough if you're a parent, I would assume. Just those two hours of just walking around. Yeah, so you've got this, this movie, which, I mean... Is there buzz for this? I guess there is sort of buzz. I mean, but it's there a wasn't... Disney movie. I mean, the thing is, if on if you had asked us uh, about these two projects a year ago, oh, you geez, know, yeah. Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon and the new Tom and Jerry movie, I mean, to us, the Tom and Jerry movie would have been uh, 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 an afterthought and this Disney Dragon movie is the one in normal times we would be like, yeah, I guess it's going to open to like $57 million. Yes. Now, um, what are we looking at here then? Because it's, it, it's probably not going to open. Play. New York's in play. Yeah. So it could open in the same amount of theaters as we saw Tom and Jerry. 
It's going to have IMAXs, mm-hmm. which when you think 25% of an IMAX theater is still a lot. Right. That's a lot of seats. So, man, I mean, it's so exciting that we could be talking about a movie that's going to open 20 million plus. Okay. Well, let's, I mean, I will think that Raya is going to open bigger than what Tom and Jerry did this past weekend. I mean, do you Although feel that way? Although this is the way? Tom and Jerry generation. You right. Know. But it's still a dis. I mean, you know, you could be the Tom and Jerry generation. You could fight the man. But Disney's the man, and they're coming in hard this weekend. But think about it. New York is also going to have the ability to see Tom and Jerry. For so, the first time, yeah. So does that eat into Raya's box office? So though I feel like since it's brand new, people want to go see right. that first. And, and you got to imagine this Raya has been just advertised nonstop on all the Disney cable channels, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's Disney Plus, but don't forget that Disney has several just over the air c- cable channels geared at kids. And I am assuming that Raya has been advertised all over it. And I think that $30 at home uh, uh, same day deal is not going to take away as many possible theater views as something being just free on the service. True. Although a lot more people have Disney plus than have HBO max. Right, right, right. That's true. That's true. I mean, I think one thing that's clear is Raya is going to make a ton more money this weekend than Tom and Jerry did if you were able, if we ever got the real numbers and we could have added up the theatrical box office plus the PVOD money that's coming in. Yeah. Um, but we can't get that, so we're only caring about box office. I'm gonna I am going to be bullish. And when you say Disney, big property, or you know, not a big property, but big, you know. This is, you know, Disney does, they do Pixar cartoons and they do one or two big just Disney cartoons every year. And that's like Moana, Frozen, big, big movie. So that's, you know, Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. So that's where Raya fits in. It's in that mold. I got to go. It's going to do $15 million. So you're... With okay, New York. So you, it's New York's in play. And maybe I'm a bit of a homer. And and I, I think New York is 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 more important than it is, which is ridiculous. It's obviously the most important. So I think Rai is going to do Bafa Bobo. But you're only going 15, which is only a million dollars more than Tom and Jerry. You don't think mm-hmm. that it's a possibility this film makes $20 million. I mean, it might. Well, where are you going? You I'm were, going 20. You're going twenty. I'm going nuts. Uh, if I you want it. nuts, I love. I'll it. show you nuts. You go nuts. I love it. You going twenty is is. I'll take the under, so we have something to 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 debate about next week. But I, I would love to see this hit twenty, and I think it's very possible. Yeah, I see twenty. That's great. 
That's now, great. We also have Chaos Walking. Uh I mean This this I honestly see at seven million. Interesting. I mean, that's the thing. If if Raya makes 15 to 20 to 25 and Chaos Walking opens at seven, those are real big numbers. Because seven million dollars is so much bigger than any opening most opening weekends we've had in the last year and that's why i think i i don't it's a it's a video game movie mm-hmm. it's got tom holland and daisy ridley two actors really only known for things that they're doing in franchises and the guy and we, i said this last weekend tom holland all he's doing is talking about spider-man Nobody knows this movie's coming out because they think that he's on a press tour for Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because nobody cares about anything but MCU right now, which is great for the MCU, but it's bad for Chaos Walking. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go Chaos Walking 7 mil, and that's on the high end because I mean, I'm excited. Wow. I mean, I, I, I hate to be the pessimistic one, but I mean, I think Chaos Walking is more in that $3 million, $4 million range of the action movies that we've had the last six months. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go, that opens at four. Okay. It would be hard for me to imagine it opening much more than that. But again, if it does, it's a great sign for the theatrical business. It's a great sign for, I would hope for the vaccination process. It means that there are more people this coming weekend who are willing to go see a movie and able to see a movie than there were the last, you know, six to 12 months. And people who don't listen to our show, how mm-hmm. dare you? Number one, mm-hmm. cause we, we've been doing, I, I don't, I mean, I'll say God's work during this yep. pandemic. Yep. Because as the box office goes, so goes the world and America, because we do domestic. Mm-hmm. But the health of the country is can be charted mm-hmm. with the health health of the box office. Yes, yes. So what you're seeing is, you know, everybody says the oh, it's so depressing. All the news is so depressing. Blah blah. blah. We weren't depressing. This past year was not depressing. I mean, we were depressed, but our show is a historical document, and it charted the health and wellness of our country in a way that didn't focus on the negatives. It focused on box office. I think we were very matter of a fact. I think we're matter of fact. And I think, you know, yeah, the box office has been reflective of where we are. And I think it's good to see that the box office is healing. And hopefully that means the country our health, everything else is healing with it. You said that so much more succinctly than I did. Yes, exactly. So That's I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So I think we so did it. We did definitely do it, Pat. So where can they contact us? Where can they find us? Email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know, A, whether you're in that 86% who loved the Tom and Jerry movie or that 14% along with my niece who did not care for it. We want to know what you thought of it. If you saw it, if you're planning to see it, send us, I mean, it's great to say, send us your predictions for this upcoming weekend. 
Yes. What do you think Rye is going to do? What do you think the Tom and Jerry hold is going to be? We didn't even talk about that. Let's last thing before before we close this out. Where do you see Tom and Jerry this weekend? Does it hold? Does it have a big drop? You know, these Warner Media HBO day and date releases, they've had pretty big drops in the weekends afterwards. You know, is Tom and Jerry going to still be at seven or eight? Is it going to maybe do the same because the New York theaters are going to add so much business? I mean, I think Raya bites into it a little bit. I'm going to I'm going to say that this it's going to make maybe. I'm going to say six because of that delayed reaction of people understanding that they can now see it at home. Right. I'll say, you know what, I'll go the opposite on you there and say that Tom and Jerry makes a very small drop and makes $9 million this weekend. I have it at number two, whereas it looks like you have chaos walking at number two and Tom and Jerry at three. Oh, you know, well, then in that case, I'm going to say I think Tom and Jerry is going to stay at number two and I think chaos walking. So maybe I'll what I'll do is I'll lower my expectations for chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And say that I think chaos will probably make five. Okay, okay. so then we're and then we got Tom and Jerry at seven. Okay, And then you have Rye at like 20. Great. At 20, which is my big swing. Great. I can't wait. I can't wait for the results and our wannabe oh boys, wannabe oh girls, wannabe oh people. People. I'm sure also frothing in the mouth for next week's episode where they will learn all of this awesome box office news. So we did it. Yeah. We definitely did it. All right. So I guess there's nothing left to say except until, until next, next time. time well. Smell you at the box office. Nailed it.